Well, on February 21, 2021, this bull was headed to a slaughterhouse in New York City when it made the great escape. <laughs> the bull eluded the police for about an hour before it was captured and sedated, but the bull didn't survive. The bull later, sadly, died. I guess it would have died anyway, it had gone to the slaughterhouse. And the animal experts say that the bull died of stress. Well, I guess so. As I read that story and looked up other bull escapes, I found out that this happens quite a bit. It's almost like these bulls know they're on their way to the slaughterhouse and they make this escape. This one escaped and had a better ending. Looks like our urban park rangers were in a sentimental mood today after discovering a loose cow in Flushing Meadows, Corona Park. The rangers managed to rescue the cow through quick thinking and action Stella will be transported to an animal sanctuary to be cared for. The escape worked very well for her. But now bulls and cows are not the only animals that seek escape. Julie and Jimmy Johnson were asleep, sound asleep, when Jimmy woke up and they found he found a dog between him and Julie. Now, that's not unusual because they've got three dogs. But this wasn't their dog. <laughs> Julie raised up in bed, and Jimmy said, Julie, whose dog is this? Well, Jimmy tried to scoot a little bit away from the dog, and the dog just snuggled up closer, and so they just went back to sleep. Well, the next day, he went through the, all the process of finding out whose dog it was, and the dog was... Uh, eventually connected back with its owner. The dog's name is Nayla, and uh, there she is. And the owners were walking the dog the night before, and Nayla broke away, the great escape. And uh, there was a thunderstorm that night, so the owners just surmised that Nayla got scared when during the thunderstorm and found some open door in the Johnson's house and got into that door and found a safe place in bed between Jimmy and Julie. So whether we're bovines or canines or humans, whenever there's a storm, we want a safe place. We want to escape. And that's what we're looking at today in our summer vacation. What are you looking for on your summer vacation? Some of us want to escape. So do you want to escape? Welcome to Club Humanity, because we all do. Life is tough. A newspaper in Ann Arbor uh, reported a story about a robber tried to rob Burger King, and the, the helpless clerk said, I am, I'm really sorry you can't rob us right now because uh, you can't, uh, I can't open the cash register without a food order. And so the robber said, well, I'll take some onion rings. <laughs> and the clerk said, well, we don't serve onion rings at breakfast. This is not until lunch. And so the robber just got frustrated and drove away. So even robbers get frustrated. It's such a stressful life. We are living in stressful days. The American Psychological Association reported that, if you all can see those numbers, high numbers report stress related to inflation, global uncertainty, and invasion of Ukraine. And 87% of us are stressed because of the inflationary prices with everything. 
And uh, it, is, it is a very stressful time. And then you add on to that the gun violence that we are experiencing and children especially going through such anxiety. On, uh, I, I'm of the generation that remembered the, uh, the bomb drills during the Cold War and we would go to the basement of our school and uh, in case of a nuclear bomb, but that's nothing compared to these drills that our children are having to go through every day, not every day, but on a regular basis so they'll know what to do with an active shooter. And it's just a high-stress time in our, in our lives. I guess every generation has stress, but it seems, seems to be so intense right now. So what do we do? with our stress and with our situations. How do we handle it? And there are some basic ways to do it. There's the, uh, the fight, or there is the flight, as a bunny rabbit would do, or there is a freeze. If somebody's attacking us, we just freeze. And escape is the flight part of that. And it's the I'm getting the hell out of here approach. And that's a very natural trigger when we face a stressful situation or an experience or a conflict of some kind. And putting a physical distance between ourselves and uh, the conflict makes us feel safe. And so from time to time, we just have a need to get away, to escape. And so we will uh, read a novel, we'll watch TV. We'll go to a movie. Denise and I, for the first time in three years, went to the theater the other night and escaped with Tom Cruise and Top Gun. I don't know if I like it or not. Some of it I do. Some of it I thought, this is so Tom Cruisey. <laughs> but it's, it's a fun movie, especially if you've seen the first one. And uh, this is why we watch Cute Puppies on YouTube. We just need to escape. In the 70s, uh, we had our own way of escaping. Some people used drugs, and uh, others of us just took baths. Calgon, take me away. Take away this the traffic. I can't read The boss. The baby. The dog. That does it. Your cares in the luxury of a Calgon bath. Calgon softens the water to leave skin feeling silky smooth as it lifts your spirits. The soft, luxurious, fragrant world of Calgon. I love it. Pamper yourself with a Calgon bath. Lose yourself in luxury. I really did like that commercial back when I was in junior high. <laughs> Well, there are some forms of Calgon that aren't quite as healthy as a bubble bath. Uh, there was this running bit on Cheers that many of y'all will, uh, will remember where Norm would come into the bar and someone would say, hey, Norm, and then they'd ask him some kind of question, and there were all kinds of funny answers. Sam said, hey, how's life treating you there, Norm? Norm beats me, then it kicks me and leaves me for dead. Woody said, how's it going, Mr. Peterson? Norm answers, poor. Woody, I'm sorry to hear that. No, I mean poor. And that's not necessarily a healthy way to escape. 
And we've, we've all, we are all vulnerable to unhealthy ways of escape. Uh, some people drink a lot, eat a lot, shop a lot, work a lot. Uh, some de- people go from relationship to relationship, like Tarzan goes from vine to vine. All ways of just running, not dealing with the stresses that we have. So let me just offer to you an alternative today. And that is to choose engagement over escapism. Escape is okay. Escapism, not so much. Sometimes we need the physical distance from things so that we can uh, recenter. Have you ever been involved in a project and your mind was stuck and so you just got away from the desk, got away from your workstation? You went out, uh, I bought a basketball goal. Denise bought me a basketball goal so I could get out of the house uh, a few years ago. And uh, it's a good way to just get away and shoot some hoops and it's a break. Break away and you come back and you're able to figure out that Bible verse a little bit better. Still trying to figure those out. But you're refreshed and you're recentered to look at that problem in a new way. So what this tells me to do is to turn and face my problem. Turn and face the situation from which I am running. Escape is good, but don't, let's not get caught up in escapism where we never face those issues. Uh, the writer James Baldwin said, Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Boy, that's just a nice recognition that I can't change everything. And I've got to come to peace with that. And Lord, grant me the serenity to change what I can, to accept what I can't. Humans really are good at turning away from the things that we should face. Uh, we, I turn away from that suspicious spot on my face. I just don't want to have to deal with the knowledge that that might be something. I turn away from the extra weight around my middle. I refuse to look at in the mirror when I get out of the shower. Just don't want to even face that. Uh, I still haven't done my taxes for this year. I do not remember a time that I have not filed an extension. Uh, they will get done by October 15. <laughs> But I just put it off. I just don't even like to face it all. That's a problem that I've got. But the time comes where I I have to face it. How about you? What do you just not want to face? What in your life is just waiting for you to face an addiction, a relationship issue, a change that needs to be made? We all have it, and it's so easy to turn away from it. Another thing that I want to do, and I do not want to diminish the the joy and the satisfaction of escape, but I want to choose the escape over escapism, to take a break, to relax, to read a good 
fun book and to watch a, a good series on television. Uh, we need that every once in a while. There's a passage recorded in Exodus and re-recorded in Deuteronomy, part of the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day to set it apart as holy. It's interesting that a day can be holy. For six days you may labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant, your female servant or your cattle or the resident foreigner who is in your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So in the Genesis myth, the story is that the first six days were devoted to a task. They were task-oriented days, but not the seventh day. There was no drive to get something done. There was no alarm to get up and get your shoes on and get out the door and go work. You didn't have to cross any T's and dot any I's. You could just relax, unplug, turn it off a little bit, and just don't do anything. There was something in this beautiful Hebrew story that speaks to a universal principle of escape, of rest, of unplugging. The word Sabbath is Shabbat, and it literally means to rest or to stop or to cease. Uh, at the heart of Sabbath is a life-affirming and life-refreshing rhythm of joy, a dance where you have different moves. I can never dance, so I have a hard time with this. A rhythm of joy, of happiness, of celebration, of uh, fun, of relaxation. And the fact that the Hebrew story tells us that one day out of the week is set aside just for that tells us that there is this need for rejuvenation built into the entire universe, that even the cattle were to be given a day of rest. Now, I like to look at, uh, look at Sabbath this way. I don't need just one day a week to relax and to celebrate and to dance with joy. I like to do that a little bit every day. And I guess it's okay to do that because I sleep every day and my body gets rest every day. So why not work into my day opportunities for my soul to get rest? For my soul to be replenished and to experience fun and happiness and celebration. I think I would be a lot better person to live with if I would do that. And maybe you would too. The divine has built into the universe the rhythm of life and escape a day of rest. Another thing that I'm trying to do 
is this. I want to live in the realm of a reality that goes beyond what I see. Y'all remember the uh, popularity of those pictures called uh, the magic eye. They were real popular in the 90s. I think Seinfeld, the television series, had one entire episode on this magic eye picture. It's one of these pictures where you look at it and you see one thing, but if you look beyond the picture, you see another image within the picture. There are examples of this online, obviously. There's one, oh my goodness, is right, bunch of baseball, but if you look beyond the picture, you almost have to look cross-eyed at it. If you look beyond the picture, what you see is a baseball player sliding into home. Looks like he's going to be safe. Another example, you see one picture, but if you look beyond the picture, you'll see a heart. I like that because of the metaphor that it is for our spiritual life. There is what I see with my physical eyes, but there is something beyond what I see with my physical eyes that can only be seen with a spiritual eye. And a lot of us have not developed vision with that spiritual eye. We only see what our physical eye sees. And what our physical eyes see is pretty disturbing today. It is very stressful. Is it possible that we can see the physical and not deny it, not ignore it? Because if we deny it and ignore it, we won't try to fix it. But if we saw beyond and to see something beyond that, would it enable us then to better to deal with and to maybe address that, those things we see with our physical eyes? Let me give you an example of that. Jesus says in his Sermon on the Mount, the eye is the lamp of the body. If then your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Now, that's true physically, I guess. I, I don't quite understand the physical connection to that. How can, me, how can my clear vision bring light into my body? I'm just wondering if Jesus is not talking about the physical eye, but he's talking about a spiritual eye. That if my spiritual eye is healthy, and if my spiritual eye can see beyond the, what my physical eye sees, then my soul is healthy. It is hopeful. It is kind and it is responsive. Otherwise, if I only see with my physical eye, I get extremely discouraged. And I fall into a trap of escapism. For example, I had my I went for a three month checkup to my dermatologist to look at a procedure that they had done three months ago. And uh, while I was there, they just asked if I wanted to do the what I do every six months, just a head to toe uh, skin check. And I said, Yeah, I love that. <laughs> And so uh, 
I sat there, and I had two realities going on. I said, one reality is that the PA could find something, and it could be, uh, it could be another melanoma. Or the second reality is that, you know, this is totally out of my control. I have done everything possible not to have more skin cancers. I don't go anywhere without a hat. I do not wear short sleeve shirts unless I have something long sleeve over it. I cover myself with sunscreen. And I quit nude sunbathing a couple years ago. <laughs> so it's totally out of my control. And so I sat there in that exam chair with my very sexy exam robe on, waiting for the PA to come in. And I just said, okay, I'm going to look beyond the first reality. And I will see the second reality. The second reality is, I am so thankful I'm alive. And I am so thankful I've got a doctor who probably cares more for my health than I do. And I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to breathe. And I'm going to be aware of my presence, of my aliveness. I'm going to look out this window that overlooks a, a park. And I'm just going to see beyond reality number one, see what's behind door number two. And it worked. I don't always do that. I don't always look beyond. Most of the time, probably, I don't. But I'm training myself. I'm working hard to see beyond. There's reality, and then there's reality. And I think maybe that's what Carol King meant when she wrote and performed that beautiful song that is on my playlist, I listen to it every few days because I want to be reminded that only love is real. And if I take a long look at love on a daily basis, it helps. Then I'm able to see the other unloving things in a better way. I don't have to go on vacation to see things differently. Although I want to go on vacation to see things differently. And we love to do that. But with mindfulness, I can, I can go on a vacation every day. Meister Eckhart, a, a Christian mystic in the 13th century... I said, to be spiritual is to be awake and alive. I used to define spirituality as learning a lot of Bible verses. And the more Bible verses you knew, the more spiritual you were. 
I used to define spirituality as agreeing with a particular set of doctrines, statements about God. Today I define spirituality more like Meister Eckhart, about being awake and alive to the spirit, to the divine, to love. And that awareness, that awakeness for me, takes me away without going away so that I can come back and help and be a, an advocate, an ally, and a, and a change maker. But not because I, I hate and resent anybody that would disagree with me. But it's only as I look at love can I look at people who are in disagreement with me and who I feel are adversaries in the direction and I can see them as humans. As the inhabitants of the divine themselves. Namaste. The Christ in me greets the Christ in you. Can't do that without looking beyond reality. So what do we do with all this? Well, let's just be honest and identify the stressors in our life. Got to face it. And know that sometimes it is good physically to step away. Whether it's a week vacation, a two-week vacation, a two-hour movie. Or a ten-minute time of contemplation and meditation. Look beyond reality number one and see reality number two. And just like you sleep every day, give your body rest. Do something fun and celebratory every day. Do a little jig. Do something to break out and have fun every day.